Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. Sometimes we can find wisdom for contemporary leadership in ancient terminology. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. This podcast is dedicated to dealing with issues of life, leadership, relationships, and faith. And I'm so glad that you've joined me. I want to give you something a little bit uh, different, maybe unique. Maybe you've never heard anything like this before. I want to talk about six Hebrew verbs that are translated at different places in the Old Testament uh, in various aspects of leadership. Each of these verbs gives us a unique insight into some aspect of 21st century flex leadership. Now, let me just deal with that term, first of all, in English, 21st century flex leadership. In the 21st century, the best leaders are going to be able to respond to various situations, needs, challenges, and opportunities with tremendous flexibility. I'm convinced that flexibility is going to be a great virtue among 21st century leaders. Those who are the most rigid, the least flexible, are going to be those that may break under difficult circumstances. But those that can flex, those that can think creatively, respond, move sideways, quick on their feet, those are the ones that are going to do well in challenging times, or they're going to do the best in challenging times. Now, these six verbs that I'm going to give you now, I teach these in the NICL, the National Institute of Christian Leadership, and uh, I hope you'll check out that, the NICL.com, and I hope you'll come and join. I've got hundreds and hundreds of uh, graduates that are all over the world, literally all over the world, and I would love to host you into an NICL. In one of the lectures in the NICL, I deal with these six Hebrew verbs. I've been doing this lecture for some years, when a couple of years ago in the Dallas, Texas NICL, I looked up and realized that I had a student in the front row from Ashdod in Israel, an Israeli pastor who was entirely, of course, fluent in Hebrew. And I was about to lecture on these six Hebrew verbs. You can imagine it was very intimidating, but I was already into it, so I plunged ahead. After it was over, I asked him about it. I said, how was that? Was it okay? He said, your definitions, your use, your application, all of that was great. He said, of course, your American pronunciation was pretty horrible. So, given the reality of my horrible American pronunciation, we're going to dive into these six Hebrew verbs. Now, I'm going to give you the scripture reference for each of them. I hope you have something to take notes with, and you can write those down and, and look them up later on and see how these verbs are used. You'll be looking them up, I'm sure, in the English Bible, but you can see how they were used creatively to give us insights into various aspects of 21st century flex leadership in, a, in the greatest book of all, written thousands of years ago. So the first of these is the verb balak. It, it, you can find it. Here's the text reference, Job 38, 28. 
it can be translated to bear, as in to, to bear fruit, uh, to bring forth, to create. Uh, the passage in Job is talking about who can, who can bring forth the dew, who can cause the, the trees to bear fruit. So in this sense, then, you see that the, the leader has to be able to, to be a value-added component. He can't just uh, sit back behind the steering wheel and expect everybody else to bear fruit. He has to be the, the central fruit-bearer of the thing. As, uh, as Job says, who causes the, the dew to come forth? We use a terminology in English vernacular that is very much like that, especially, say, in a law firm or an insurance company. We say that one of the salesmen, one of the lawyers is a rainmaker. So I want to say to you that one of the challenges of 21st century flex leadership is that the leader is going to have to step into the role of rainmaker. You can't just order everybody else to bear fruit. If you're going to cause uh, fruit to be born in the organization, some of it, a lot of it, is going to have to be born on your branches. If you're going to make it rain, you've got to be the rainmaker. And it's one of the great responsibilities of 21st century flex leadership. Now, what are the major inhibiting factors? What keeps leaders from stepping into the role of rainmaker. One is fear, particularly fear of failure. If I try this and it doesn't work, I'm going to look like a failure. I'm going to be a failure. You're going to have to step past that. You're going to have to come into the, to step into the reality that in, in being that creative fruit bearing rainmaking leader, you're going to have to try things. If you haven't ever failed at a plan, an idea, a concept, if you haven't ever failed at anything, I promise it's because you're not trying enough things. So you'll have to step past fear. The second is conformity. We can't be that creative, fruit-bearing rainmaker if we're always only doing what everybody else is doing. If we're just watching the, what's the hot trend right now in business or leadership or ministry or whatever it is, whatever area of uh, life we're leading in, then all we can do is be the second runner-up to somebody that thought of it themselves. And the third inhibiting factor to balak, to create creative flex leadership, is traditionalism. If I can only do it the way it's always been done, then I am imprisoned with having the results that I've always gotten. Now, the second is nahag. It means um, to drive forward. It has about it a sense of urgency, almost in Hebrew, like a, a, a dog running until he, he's panting. We use that uh, to, to say to drive a car, but that's not the best use of it. It is to drive livestock. In fact, we say cowboys, but in other countries, particularly Australia and other places, they say they are drovers because drovers are people that drive livestock. They push them forward. It means to, to, to get up and go, to push forward, even sometimes to the point of, of fatigue or even exhaustion. Your scripture reference on this is Genesis 31 and 18, where it talks about uh, Jacob driving his livestock ahead of him as he comes back from Laban's house. 
What are the major inhibiting factors of, of moving forward? One is a loss of focus. It's hard to attack intentionally to drive forward if we've forgotten what it is we're doing. A second is fatigue. Now, let me just mention this. It is my observation, and maybe it's the observation of a lot of old dudes, that younger guys tend to give in to fatigue too quickly and too easily. Sometimes you just have to press through. You have to find that second wind and go at it again. Now, I would also say to all the other old dudes that are watching this old dude, sometimes we have been negligent about knowing when our people needed to stop and rest. So there has to be those times when you let people rest, pause, but you got to get them back up and get them going again. So we have to drive forward to Nahag. That is probably, of these six verbs, Nahag is probably the one that younger leaders are the least comfortable with. They have a hard time sometimes with putting the prods to everybody and saying, all right, mount up. We're going to attack all night. We're going to we're going to get there in the morning. We're going to fight in the morning. Everybody mount up. Now, the third is nahal. It means to, to conduct, not conduct, but to conduct. As I know this is an antiquated technology, but the conductor on a train or more um, in more modern terminology, the flight attendant that conducts you to your seat, makes sure that you know where to put your bags, how to buckle your seatbelt, all of that kind of thing, to conduct or to escort. Your passage there that you want to look up is Psalm 23. The first couple of verses of Psalm 23 are, are perfect examples of God using the verb nachal. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Sometimes the leader has to guide people, get them where they're supposed to be, get them situated, make sure they're okay, check on them. That's where you have to come alongside as their, as their leader, but also the conductor on the trip. What's the major inhibiting factor to keep people from leaders from fulfilling that role? It's self-interest. When I begin to want the payoff from whatever organization I'm leading, when I begin to think more about What's in this for me? I quit thinking about the care and feeding of my people. Now, the fourth is nacha. It means to guide. It can also mean to gather. So it's, it's like the mother hen that gathers her chicks under her wings and then guides them to where she wants them to be. You can look up Psalm 5.8. That's your text reference. Sometimes the leader has to, has to be there to guide, counsel, teach, talk, share, be that, that one that comes alongside. So in that sense, you're, you're the, the protector of your people. You guide them, lead them, but you also have to gather them close to you, hold them close, and you have to love on your folks every now and again. What are the major inhibiting factors? One is loss of purpose. Sometime in the, the NICL, which I, te I teach, I've referenced that, I also teach on the difference between functionalism and purposeful ministry and leadership. 
If we lose track of why we do things and we're just doing them, then we can lose track of the people for whom we're doing them. Another is uh, of the inhibiting factors is functionalism. Loss of purpose gives way to functionalism. I just do what I do. Going through the motions, I lose track of the people that I'm caring for. Now, the fifth is Darak. I love this one. This is one of my favorite ones. Uh, it can mean a conversation. This is the leader as teacher, as talker. John Cotter, in Leading Change, one of my favorite quotes, he says that, that managers who were able to anchor change in corporate culture the best were those who talked the most. You can't just announce a change in corporate culture or leadership or direction. You have to talk it. You have to communicate it. You have to teach it. So the leader as teacher, communicator, talker, instructor, as I said, that sometimes driving hard purposefully and pushing your people is hard for younger leaders. For older leaders, sometimes Dirac is the hardest. They don't, they don't take into account the fact that the younger people on your staff need conversation. They need talking. They need teaching, feedback, sharing. They, wanna, they want buy-in. They want to understand. Those who, were, who are my age or are around my age, they, they often were raised in very authoritarian culture. Uh, just do this. Go there. I don't have to explain it to you. But with the 21st century flex leader, there are going to times when you can make a command an authoritative statement, but there are other times when you have to teach it through and you have to pause and take time. And the younger your staff, the younger your employees, the more time you have to spend teaching and talking. Your text reference on that is Psalm 25, 5. Look it up sometime and see. Now, it's a fascinating verb, and I said it was one of my favorite ones, and here's why. It's darak is very connected to a word derek, which can mean a coin, we still actually use that terminology in English. We say money talks. To me, it usually says goodbye. But we can say money talks. So as we converse, as we spend the currency of leadership, it is to talk and guide and teach. And then the last is the verb bo. It can mean both to enter or to exit. Now, that may sound strange at first, but when you think about it, it's only logical. If we're in room A and we're going to go into room B, we are entering room B, bowl, but we are also exiting room B. You can't get to where you want to be if you're not willing to leave where you are. So bow means to, to exit, to go into a new thing, to move in a new direction. This is one of the most important of all the 21st century flex leadership verbs. The 21st century flex leader has got to be able to say, I know what we've been doing. I know how we've been doing it. But we're going to move in this direction and we're going to move that way. Jeremiah 23.8 is your text reference there if you want to check that out in the, in the scripture. And it talks about God bringing the people of God back, bringing the Jewish people back from the north and the south and the east, reassembling them in Israel, particularly in Jerusalem. So are they leaving those countries? Are they re-entering the promised land? And the answer, of course, is yes. 
What is the major inhibiting factor that keeps leaders from being that, that exciting change leader that can leave one thing and move into the next? They move in a new direction, find the new direction. The first is over-securing the present. When we over-secure the present, we lose our ability to spend money, time, energy, efforts in order to make the new thing work. Look, I, I'm a firm believer in life insurance. I have life insurance, but, but listen to what I'm going to say. Life insurance is an effort to secure the present for those people that we leave behind. It's not really a good investment for the future. If you're putting all your future investment into life insurance, that's a bad decision. So you want to secure the present, but with the, the major portion of your investment, that you want to invest in the future and making gains and going forward. So companies, organizations that try to over-secure the present, we, we can't take a risk, we can't run a risk, we've got to over-secure this, they lose their ability to move forward energetically and creatively. And of course, what that arises from is fear and not faith. So here are these six, Balak to create, Nechag to drive, Nechal to conduct, Nacha to guide, Darak to converse, to teach, to talk, and Bo to leave the past behind and enter into a new thing. Now here's the problem with teaching on these six, and it is this, that people tend, many tend to want to pick one of these and say, okay, that one's mine, that's what I do. There may be one or more of these that you're particularly good at, but it means that you have to have all of them in your toolbox. You may not use them all the same amount of time, but you've got to be able to access all of these. I think of it as like the, the clubs in your bag when you go to play golf. Unless you're Tiger Woods, you go with a big Bertha and a putter, and that's the only two clubs you take. My suspicion is you're going to be in trouble more places than you think. You're going to have to have all those clubs in your bag and know which one to use. It doesn't mean you're not going to be better at your short game or better at driving or better at putting. It doesn't mean you won't be better at one thing or another. But it means from time to time, you're going to have to change clubs. The 21st century flex leader is the leader that can move from tool to tool, instrument to instrument, style to style, creatively and flexibly, and be able to make his people, his organization around him feel comfortable. This person knows what they're doing. I'm going to follow them because they're going to, right now they're leading me. Now they're guiding me. Now they're gathering us close. Now he's teaching. Now he's talking. Now he's pressing me, pushing me to get up and go a little harder. Now he's telling me we're going to enter into a new thing. That's 21st century flex leadership using ancient Hebrew verbs. Hope it's been interesting to you. I urge you to check out thenicl.com. I'd love to have you in my class. I'm Mark Rutland, and this is The Leader's Notebook. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.